Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. Well, here we are, Ransom Heart Podcast. Good to have you listening in. I'm uh, joined by a couple of young bucks today, um, Morgan Snyder. He's in the high chair to my right. <laughs> then we've got Chris Hack on my left. And as yeah. you know, we've been um, listening to some excerpts from some of the sessions that we have at boot camp. And these 12 sessions are actually a part of a new collection called the Wild at Heart Boot Camp Platinum Collection. And today's topic is the poser. Another way you might title that is uh, the best of Craig McConnell, uh, the poser. I'm talking about something I know a whole lot about. Right, Morgs? You bet. You bet you do. That's it? That's all you have? You have the, you have the <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. Uh, yeah, I wasn't ready out. for it. I think you'll enjoy this session. Now we are free. We're free because of all that Christ has done. And we will see him again, but not yet. The Christian life is this journey of becoming that man, that person that the not yet we will fully be. There will come that day when I am fully and completely the man as God designed me to be. I'm not there yet. But what's remarkable about the gospel is the promise of absolutely significant change here and now. And one of the sad themes of my life as a man, as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, is that I do not think that all that Christ has made available to me, I have seen. And I feel like, oh my gosh, in this season of life, I want everything I can get. We're free men. How are you living? Are you living as a free man? Strong, passionate, dangerous? Living the adventures, fighting the battle, pursuing the beauty that God has given you or called you to love? What's remarkable is we live so far away from where we could live as men. I want to show you what most men look like. Two characters from the film City Slickers. (laughs) Apparently some of you have seen it. (laughs) Main character is Mitch. And Mitch is... uh, He works for a radio station, and he's had some changes in his job, responsibility, and description. And uh, his son has asked him to join another father on career day at school, where dads share what they do and inspire the youth to, to have dreams and hopes and to think of something large for themselves. Now, are either of these men... Living in the masculinity God intended us to? 
I mean, you've got Mr. Morelli. He's like a cartoon character. He's a, he's a caricature, you know? He's that kind of that uh, typical view of masculinity, kind of that Rambo, over-the-top, ball-breaker of a job, you know? And he's just kind of all out there. But that's not it. That's just not it. It's not even close. That's not the masculinity we're talking about. And then, and then Mitch. I mean, what's, what large story is Mitch living in? There isn't one. I mean, uh, Mitch is just entirely, what, resigned? Checked out? I mean, he's given up. I mean, that, there's no life. There's no strength. There's, there's a man who's just absent. That is certainly not it. So, who are you more like? Or somewhere in the middle? Or even, is there another extreme that we've missed here? I mean, God's intention, the work of God, the, the thing that God wants to accomplish and his people is so true, so genuine, and so legitimate. It goes deep. It's not just superficial. It's not just behaviors. Real men do these things. Real men don't do these things. And at the end of this conference, we hand you a list of things that real men do. And don't do. I mean, that's so often Christian's description of holiness, of discipleship, of life, of masculinity is giving us less or defining or describing things in a limited way to just external behaviors. The work God does always goes deep, deeper than just behavior. We tend to judge things by behavior, by the outward. But God is very concerned about the inward, the internal, what's below the surface, what can't be seen. And a masculinity that we're talking about is a masculinity that its roots are deep within us. It's not just how we look or the clothes we wear or our activities or behavior. It's a deep-rooted masculinity, deep-rooted work of God. Sometimes um, we use the illustration of an iceberg. And you know the, what an iceberg is, right? It's this chunk of ice with about one-ninth of its mass above the surface of the water. And what you can actually see is just one-ninth of the mass above surface. Most of what consists of an iceberg, is invisible, not seen to the eye. It's below the waterline, beneath the surface. Now, if what is seen is our behaviors, our actions, and our deeds, um, those are all important and significant. But what's beneath the behaviors and our actions and our deeds? What can't be seen is our motives, Why are we doing the things we do, right? This is throughout Scripture. Things are not as they appear. 
The Psalms talk about a man whose words are smooth as butter, like oil. But his heart is a drawn sword. So, you know, what you appear to be and what is beneath our appearance and our behaviors are two entirely different things. And God doesn't want males who are acting like men. He wants to make us into men in behavior, in belief, and in motive, and desire, do this deep internal work. I mean, Christ, over and over, illustrated the centrality and the importance of the deep internal work of God. He says, you know, you've heard it said that you shouldn't commit adultery, external behavior, actions, deeds. Don't do that. You've heard that. Don't commit adultery. But I say to you, if you even look at a woman with lust, you've committed it. You see what Christ is driving at is that the law spoke of externals. I want to speak of something deeper than just behavior. I want to talk about the deepest things of your being, what can't be seen, what's under the waterline. The work God wants to do in us is not for us just simply to behave or act or pretend to be men but actually transform us deep within, surfacing out into real men of strength, of integrity, of character. The deep down side, there truly is a belief that God is good, that governs us when life gets pretty crappy. There's something deep within us that's anchored and rooted and true, that no matter what the circumstances, no matter how difficult the relationships, no matter what life throws at us, life is violent, it's tough, it's brutal. We're in a war. On any day, do you know what's going to happen? And how do we deal with those days? And how do we deal with what unfolds when we get the call? When we get the diagnosis, when our wife leaves us, when we find out our daughter's 15 and pregnant, or our son is on drugs, or that our retirements disappeared, or they were fired, or that, and you fill in the blank, how do you respond to the realities of this world at war? where so much is asked of us and so much is expected of us. You need this masculinity, this godliness, this work of God to go deep. And so what we're talking about here isn't a, it's not a pep rally to let's all charge out there and, and just try harder and be better. No, it's, it's really more a posture of almost being on our faces and just crying out, Lord, I want to be the real deal. Now, here's one of the problems. As long as a counterfeit masculinity, as long as a counterfeit Christianity, as long as a counterfeit life is working for you, you won't change. 
Why would you? It's working. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So how do we go from the point of being content with a very superficial false and counterfeit masculinity to crying out to God that I want the real thing. Oh, God, I don't want this anymore. I want that. How do we turn? How do we repent? How do we move from that which is false, that which isn't true, that which looks good, but it just isn't? How do we make that change? Well, it requires a work that God does and we participate in. And it's beginning to realize that so much of my life is simply a pose. So much of my life is me faking it, acting. It's not true. It's not real. So much of my life is something other than true godliness and masculinity. It's something fake. It's hypocrisy. We have to own and see the hypocrisy of our lives. You know, I was thinking about hypocrisy. and why, why do I react so strongly when a hypocrite's exposed? And, and I just realized the violence and the deception that hurts society and hurts people and hurts me when I find out that this person isn't what they presented themselves to be. I was exposed to this early in life, but one of the most painful times for me was my closest friend. And um, our families grew up together, and, and we shared so much of life with. He would be the lead pallbearer at my funeral. And uh, we did ministry together. Uh, we loved and enjoyed vacations together. We were doing life together. And this man amazed me with what he knew of God. And in so many ways, I envied him. And then on some day, he was driving home from work, picks up a female hitchhiker. And that was the beginning of a long-term, very secretive affair. Oh, and by the way, she's a drug-using prostitute. He went for a year or so, and no one knew. And then this came out. He got busted. And then he just disappeared off the face of the map. And here was something I've touched and felt new and spent time with. And there was something very untrue. And there was something... It wasn't deeply rooted. It looked good. It sounded good. It felt good, this friendship. And he disappeared. And then since then, you know, there's the pastors who preach great sermons, and you find out something very different about their lives. There's the businessmen. On and on. There's the politicians that on the outside look great, and beneath, it ain't there. And that's what you call a poser. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Craig on the poser. I did, Chris. (laughs) Yeah, I bet you did. And I just want to say, if you have not seen the cover of this particular resource, it's worth 
just going to the website to check it out. It, it, it is a great addition to the content. Um, you can guess who's on the cover. How about that? Wait, but, wait, uh, wait. Who's the one in the middle? Four of his buddies. chubby legs. <laughs> Again, I hope you enjoyed that small excerpt from the entire resource. And uh, the poser is, again, a small part of the entire Platinum collection that is available to order now on ransomedheart.com slash platinum collection. And for any other resources for Ransomed Heart, you can also visit ransomedheart.com. 